Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest and expansion in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful word. I think you can see from the thumbnail, we're going to be talking about making your election sure. This, um, this word came about, I was actually having some thoughts of some loved ones that have went on, you know, and transitioned into the next dimension. And I just, you know, it was really heavily on my heart, you know, you know, thinking, Lord, you know, where are these people at? Did they make it? You know, you just have all these questions going through your head. The more that you see uh, the things that are going on in the world and the day that is approaching for Jesus' return, I just know that there's so many people that are passing through and transitioning over into eternity. And the one question that the Holy Spirit kept ringing in my spirit over and over and over again was make your election sure. Make your election sure. And I knew immediately what God was saying. He, he kept saying, do they really know? Do people really know that there is life after death? Do they really know how the importance of it is uh, with knowing that there is an eternal place that you're going to go somewhere after you leave this earth? These are serious questions because a lot of times we think that the moments that we are in and the lifestyle or the life that we are living is it. So as I pondered on that and I thought about that, the Holy Spirit started to bring this beautiful word. And I call it a word of mercy and a word of love. See, when, I, when God comes after us, right, and when he comes for us and he wants to... Um, bring us into the kingdom of God and save our souls from hell, death, and destruction. I truly believe, I truly believe this with my whole heart, that it is an act of mercy, an act of mercy and an act of love. Because there are so many people that are transitioning over into eternity that do not know God or think they do know God. And we're going to talk about that today. The spirit of another Jesus not the spirit that of God that's in the Bible. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the spirit of another Jesus that have been adopted by people that call themselves Christians or people that just don't know God and just believe that there is a God, but it's not the God of the Bible. And as a result, there are millions of Christians and our people in the hell that really thought that they were either good people or they really thought that they were a follower of Jesus Christ. So God has sent me today to sound the alarm. He said, it is my authority and responsibility as a watchman to warn the people. And he says it like this. If you go to the book of Ezekiel, in 33 to be exact, it says, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel talking. And, he, and he's saying that God said to him, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, when I bring a sword against a land and the people of the land choose one of their men and make them their watchmen. And he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people. This is what he having me do to warn the people. 
Then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, their blood will be on their head, their own head. This is if they get the warning, if I give the warning. He said, then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, the blood will be on their own head. Number five, he says, since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood will be on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have saved themselves. But here's the part where I come in. If the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin, but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. So verse seven says, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways. That wicked person will die. And for their sin, I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you warn the people or the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though, you're, though you yourself will be saved. So he's saying two things here. He said, Son of man, speak to your people. And then he says, son of man, speak to the wicked people. I notice that there's two different things going on here. So God is saying, warn your people. <laughs> that means my people who I'm, I'm in relationship with. And then warn the wicked people. Those are, the, those are the people that are outside of the kingdom of God or don't consider themselves Christians. So there's two warnings going on here. So I stand in authority and I stand in the responsibility of blowing the trumpet and sounding the, the alarm in love and in mercy because God loves people. And it is not his will that any perish, but all come into the knowledge of the truth. It's not his will. So today I stand or I sit before you to warn the people to blow the trumpet, to sound the alarm to make your election sure, because 2 Peter uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through him, them you may participate in the, in the, the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Number five, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them and is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
And if you receive a rich welcome into the eternal, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God is saying today, guys, to make your election sure. Make sure. How do you really know? How do we really know if we've made our election sure? Because the Bible talks about the spirit of another Jesus. It talks about uh, the, the spirit of another Jesus that we teach and preach in the church. The, the, the ideologies and the belief that we have based on hand-me-down traditions, based on the spirit of religion. Because the kingdom of God is not about religion. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about a relationship with Jesus. So 2 Corinthians 11 and 4 says, For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. So God is saying there is a spirit of another Jesus that's being taught in the church. That is not the God of the Bible. And you might say, well, what is the spirit of another Jesus? What is that spirit? It's, it's doctrines that are taught by demons. It's the gospel that you hear that says it's the grace of God. God loves us. We don't have to worry about anything. It don't take all of that. We still, you know, going to heaven because we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And but we're not held to a standard of holiness. We're not held to a standard uh, of what God is saying in his word. So the Bible talks about the path being narrow, very narrow. And the path being wide to destruction. In Matthew 7 and 14, it says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. And then it goes on to talk about true and false prophets in verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. I believe that Jesus is very methodical. He's a master strategist, guys. And I believe he is speaking here about false prophets after he talk about the narrow gate, because that's how many people are entering in through the spirit of another Jesus. But God wants you to make your election sure today, for today is the day of salvation. For many are passing away, and even in the millions, if you go back to COVID, you know, when COVID first broke out, over six to seven million people died around the world from COVID. Many people have transitioned over into eternity. And a, a lot of people don't know God. A lot of people sitting in church are not making it to heaven. Because the Bible says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? But they're going to say, but Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we, didn't we uh, heal the sick in your name, in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You do work of iniquity. Well, that word iniquity is lawless, lawlessness. This is a very serious message, and God loves us. And I look at it as an act of his mercy and his grace. God is not just a God of love, but he's a God of justice. He's a God of, of, of recompense, a God of restoration. He is a God that loves justice and mercy. So he will not, his word will not return void. Why am I saying this? Because a lot of people think that if they do the Romans 10, 9, and 10, 
which means confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That's a part of it, but that's not all of it. The Bible says, wide is the gate of destruction. That path is wide. And then the Bible also talk, also talk about, I did a teaching on this not too long ago, the remnant. What is the, what is the remnant? A remnant is, is a small quantity, a remaining quantity of something. So if you tear off a piece of, of a piece of paper, if you just take a piece of paper and you rip a little part of it off, that's the remnant. That's who, that's the narrow path that goes to heaven. So what am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying today God wants to make sure that you're making your election sure. You making sure you have a home in heaven. How do we do this? I'm glad you asked. Because God is a loving God, but he's also a God that will not return. His word will not return void. And when I say that, it, it says in the word that we will not have our part in the kingdom of God if we live a lifestyle that is not in accordance to his will, his word, and his way, and that does not line up with the Bible. Now, am I talking about perfection? Am I talking about doing everything right and saying everything right? Absolutely not. Because we know that Jesus is our standard and our model for Christianity. In fact, never let anyone else be your model for Christianity or being a believer than Jesus. Jesus should be your example, not people. And this is where people go wrong because they allow bad examples. You know, they allow flawed individuals, which is that's all we are. We all still sin and fall short of the glory, but we don't habitually sin. There's a difference. Every, you know, we're going to fall short. We're going to sin. Those that say that they have no sin is lying and the truth is not in them. Everybody has sin in them. We were born into sin. But God is saying that if you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, or if you think you're not sure, if your election has been made sure, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you want to get it right for tomorrow is not promised to you. So, when I talk about the path being narrow and wide, God wants me to give you an example of a dream that I had. So I had a dream about um, being on, I, and I, I've never been to SoCal. I've been to Northern California, but I've never been to SoCal. But in this dream, I was on the 101 in California, the freeway. Never been, never been on a freeway, but by the spirit, I knew I was there in the dream. So I'm on, the, I'm on the freeway and I'm driving when traffic all of a sudden came to a complete halt. And when I looked around, I just seen cars at a standstill. I wasn't driving a car as well. And I started seeing cars coming, doing flips in the air and crashing down. So cars were just coming and crashing down, crashing down. It was, it was almost as if the rapture had happened. And people were taken like from their vehicles and people started having accidents because no one was in the vehicles. And then some vehicles was just crashing and flipping in the air. And I saw, oh my God, I got to get off this freeway. So I got out of my car in some kind of way. You know how dreams are, guys. <laughs> some kind of way I climbed down off the freeway and I went to the bottom of the freeway and I began to walk in this building. And as I walked in this building, it seems, it seems almost like if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, when you get off the train in Atlanta uh, from coming from the plane, you have to go to the concourse to pick up your luggage. 
and it's everybody is walking in the same direction. It's massive amounts of people going in the same direction because everybody's going to baggage claim. So that's what it looked like in a dream. So I was walking that way and I was walking with the people and then all of a sudden, somebody got me and pulled me off of that path. Everybody else was still going that way. And I got off and they put me on the elevator. And when I got on the elevator, I went up to floor three and I was waiting to go up. And as I went up, I came out of the doors and I went to this table and I sat down, but everybody else was still going the other way. So God, that was just an example that God was giving me, you know, that he was showing me that the path is narrow, but the path to destruction is wide. What does that path look like? That path looked like everybody who looks like the world, everybody who wants to fit in, everybody who wants to live a lifestyle that is not of God. What does it mean to live a lifestyle of God? Does it mean you don't sin? That does, that's not what that means. We all fall short, but there's a, there's a difference in missing a mark and there's a difference in intentionally sinning, habitually sinning. So that's what the remnant is. So how do we make our election sure, right? How do we make this, how do we, how are we certain? We're certain like this, guys. You love God, you love people, because Jesus said that is the fulfillment of the law. So we don't do away with the Old Testament. We don't, you know, the New Testament is, is we are under grace. The Old Testament, you were under the law. So when Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of the law. The fulfillment of the law is love God, love people. Why is that? I ask God, why is that? Because if you love God and you love people, you're going to honor him. You're going to live for him. You're going to bless people. You're going to love people. See, when you love God and you love people, that's, that's the fulfillment. That's what God is calling us to do, right? And when you love God, you obey God. Obedience is a part of love. Any relationship. If you're in a relationship and you love somebody, you're going to obey. You're going to do whatever it takes to make that relationship work. You're going to love, love what they love. They have kids, you love their kids. You see how it works? So then he said, how do you make your election sure? Repentance. Repentance means to change the way you think and go in the other direction. So when we come to God, we have to forget everything that we think we know. We have to get, remove those traditions, that religion. Traditions have made the word of God of no effect because we have been handed down traditions in the church arena, in our families, and in every arena. And we have taken on things that God has never told us to take hold of. The traditions have made the word of God of no effect is what Jesus says. So the depth of your repentance is going to be the depth of your deliverance. How free do you want to be? Because God desires truth in our inward parts. That means in the crevices. That means in the secret place when we think ain't nobody looking, the things that we struggle with. The Bible says there is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. God sees everything. He knows everything, but he loves us. And this is his mercy speaking. He wants us to come in and make our election sure by following him wholeheartedly and giving him our whole heart. God says he don't just want to be savior to save you from hell, death, and destruction. He wants to be Lord. Lord means he wants to govern your life. That's what we get the word landlord. 
What do landlords do? They govern, right? So the depth of your repentance is going to be the depth of your deliverance. Then forgiveness. There are so many people in hell for unforgiveness. And there are so many prayers that are being blocked right now because of unforgiveness. Jesus says it's a command. It's not a question. It's not a, a decision. It's a command. You can see Jesus and not see Jesus, guys. The Bible says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14 and 5. 14 through 15. So if you forgive others, God will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, that means, what does that mean? That means I think I'm making it to heaven, but I haven't forgiven people that have wronged me or things that have happened to me in the past or parents that have walked out on me or people that have molested me or things that have happened to me through other people or betrayals and all kinds of things and hurts and bitterness that have grown on the inside. We love all these people over here, but these two over here, I just can't get with them. Or we're cliquish. Or we don't like somebody because of something, you know, that happened. Maybe it's a half brother or sister that you haven't forgiven. Maybe it's a father or mother that hasn't been there for you. Maybe it's a friend that betrayed you. Maybe it's um, someone that has just caused you deep harm, incest, rape, anything. God says, get rid of it because you will not see the heaven. If you pass through eternity and have not forgiven anyone, you, God says he won't forgive you. So you will get there, but your home will not be heaven. The Bible says hell is a real place. And the path to that road is wide. Why? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 16, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end there is death. We can think we are so right and be oh so wrong. That's what God told me at the beginning of this year. You can think you're so right. I had to come and humble myself and forgive. And I'm not talking about that cute stuff we do because the camera's on us. <laughs> That's stuff we do because people looking and we want to appear like we're a good person. I'm talking about getting real with God because in asking God, Lord, if you don't, you help me with this, I can't do it. See, it's not by works lest any man should boast. So it's not by good works, good works. That's not how we make it into heaven by works, work. That's what religion tell you is you got to be a good person. Behavior modification will never take the place of real deliverance. You can modify your behavior and still go to hell. You can minister and, and bring people to Jesus and still end up in hell. Not by works. It's all about the motive. It's all about the heart. God looks at, the man look at the outer appearance and the Bible said God looks at the heart. And the Bible says, who can know it? In Jeremiah, the heart is the most deceitful thing. Who can know it? But I, God, test the heart and the mind. So you can think you're right. And be also wrong when you get over into the other side. So today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of forgiveness. Today is the day of repentance. For you don't know if this is the last message you will ever hear. If this is the last invitation. How many of us know how many more times God would even ask? That we, he would even extend the invitation. We don't know. 
So many people got up today and went on about their way and didn't make it until, the, you know, the next day. They got up yesterday and didn't make it into today, right? So we want to make sure our election is sure. And so forgiveness is a thing. So the lack of forgiveness breaks our fellowship with God. The Bible even talks about it hindering your prayers. So just because you see somebody prostrated in a prayer position don't mean they're getting through. Forgiveness blocks your prayers. There are consequences for choosing not to forgive. So the Bible talks about this in Matthew 18. It talks about this parable. And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father would do the, to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. God takes forgiveness seriously and this parable is proof. If we don't forgive others, there are consequences. There are eternal consequences. And I'm honing in on this because it's a lot of people that really think they have forgiven people and haven't. Or they think they just because they're having a conversation or talking to people that they've forgiven them. When really underneath the surface, I say it like this, and this is, has helped me, guys. If you don't know if you've forgiven someone, start praying for them and mean it. Because even when you don't mean it, eventually something will break and you'll start praying for them for real and you pronounce blessing. Bible says, bless those that curse you. So when people do you wrong or you're trying to see if you forgive somebody, start praying for them praying for them. And I'm talking about praying for them like you would pray for your kids or pray for yourself, not just that surface stuff. Because see, God knows our heart, whether we get real or not. So you might as well come clean. And I say this all the time. You might as well come clean. He knows your heart. But this is one of the very things that will stop people in their tracks because they think they love all these people, but they haven't, they don't love these two. The Bible says it's impossible to love God and hate people. You can't serve two masters. You're going to either hate one and love the other. The enemy will love nothing more than to put a fictitious Jesus in front of you. Oh, it don't take all of that. God says, it's, you know, he, he's, grace, he's gracious. And he is. And he loves us. This is grace speaking right now. But he's not going to go back on his word. His word is the final authority. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word stands forever, which means that if God is saying, I will not forgive you if you don't forgive your brothers and sisters, then that means that you are not making it into the pearly gates. So yes, he loves you. Yes, he's still watching over you and protecting you. And I've said this on the last video. This is where the confusion comes in at. Because sometimes people think because we are still doing okay, we still have money, we still have friends, we things are still seemingly seemingly going okay that God has turned his head or turned a wink or winked and 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 he don't see the unforgiveness or he don't see the heart that's not repentant or he don't see the things that we're doing but God's silence does not mean his approval there is a way that seems right to man but in the end there is death proverbs 16 the Bible says, repent, change the way you think, go in the other direction, flee from sexual immorality, free from homosexuality, flee from sin, free, flee. And not only from sin, there's a lot of people that 
just don't want nothing to, nothing to do with God. They've never met them. And they're doing their own thing. They're a good citizen. They work. They have a family. But God is not a part of their life. And there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. So you can be a good person and not have Jesus and hell is your home. The Bible says that there's no other way, no other way to Jesus except to God, except through Jesus Christ. Not through another religion, not through another Jesus that they teach in the churches. You know, some churches are teaching that, not every church, but some churches are teaching you about a wimpy Jesus or a motivational ser service to get you all in a frenzy and to run through there and to give an offering and then not addressing the sin. The first thing Jesus preached was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance. That's the depth of your deliverance. How, how, much, how free do you want to be? You want to be a little free or a lot free? The Bible says whom the son makes free. And I don't believe anyone that really touches Jesus will remain the same. Because the Bible says that everyone Jesus touched got healed, got delivered. Humility will always be the code. It takes humility to turn to God. It takes humility to put down our ideologies, to put down what we think we know and who we think we are and what we think is right. It takes humility to, the Bible says, humility before honor and pride comes before destruction. So humility will always be the code. Well, always. There are no shortcuts. We have to humble ourselves and fear God. Why do Christians backslide? Why do people, you know, receive Jesus and then now, you know, they're in the backslidden state? I heard this from a prophet Tony. He said, Christ may be received, you know, but he's not revealed. So you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but he has not been revealed to you. The revelation of salvation, I did a teaching on that. The revelation of a finished work. Unless you have the revealed word of God, there's no transformation in your life. So you can receive and say the prayer and walk off and fall right back into the same pit you came out of, right? But there's something about when you have a revelation of who God really is and you have come into fellowship and a, a true relationship of a God that really is alive and that really talks to you and reveals himself to you. Pay attention to your dreams. This is where God says in Job 33, this is where he seals the instruction to keep you from the pit, to keep you from death. If you don't dream, repent, ask God to start allowing you to dream again because that's a lot where God will speak to you in your dreams. Now the dreams may come in symbols and metaphors and things of that nature, but you have to get into the word of God to understand the voice of God. If you don't understand the truth, you will be led astray by the counterfeit. So you have to know the word of God. It's called relationship. Relationship is prayer. It's reading your word. It's putting yourself in the presence of God through worship, through living a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. No, you can't do it on your own. No, you don't have the strength to do it. You don't have the strength to do it. But guess what? That's where that word grace come in that everybody likes. Now grace is the empowerment. It rests upon you 
It rests on you to empower you to live for him. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So he's going to live on the inside of you. And he's going to grace you with the ability to live for him. That's what grace comes in at. Grace is the ability, God's unmerited favor, to do what you couldn't ordinarily do on your own. Grace is the ability to live for him because I can't do it within myself. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. So you can't boast and say I'm a good person because you're unable to do it. And let me just make this clear. And I heard this, I believe, from Prophet Tommy as well. He said, you have to have the spirit and the truth. If you have too much truth, which is the word of God, you have religion. And if you have no and if you have too much spirit, then you're a weirdo, right? You ever seen them people that's so spiritually minded, they know earthly good, they up there somewhere, but God has put us in the earth to, to live practically. And then we live in the supernatural when it's time and you and we walk in the spirit of God consistently, but not by a really deep and spooky thing, right? So spirit and truth, the father says, there's coming the time when they will worship me in spirit and in truth. So there has to be a marrying of spirit and truth. This is where you get religious folks that try to help you to try to get you to live up to some uh, unrealistic expectation that nobody on earth can reach. So it's not about perfection, but God is a God of progress. He's a God of progress. He's a God of movement. The kingdom of God is always forcefully advancing, right? The Bible says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and we take it by force. You have to take your salvation by force. You have to live life on purpose, make a conscious decision. Everything ain't the devil. Everything ain't the devil. And God told, told, gave me this revelation. If everything was the devil and we had no control over anything that we did, right? If everything was the devil and there was no control over what we did, hell would not exist. What God, why would there be a hell if we was, out, if it was out of our control and we had no idea what we were doing? Which lets me know in order for you to receive Jesus, you have to make a choice. And in order for the enemy to use you and to come into your life and wreak havoc and to allow you to live for him, you have to make a choice. God will never give your will over to anyone. He doesn't even give it over to himself. God will never forcefully make you come to him. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Bible says, with loving kindness do I draw thee. He will never forcefully make you come to him and make you get saved. This is why I talk about this when people have uh, spouses, they're praying for their spouses and they praying that God will get the spouse right and God will bring their spouse and make them act. God will never override someone's will. That's witchcraft. That's manipulation. God is not into that. If he don't make them choose something as, as important as salvation, why would he make them act right with you? You have to look at things. Sometimes we get super deep and real spooky into stuff, right? And things, some things are just really simple. In fact, I said this all the time. If it's too complicated, it is not God. <laughs> it should be where a child could understand. A child should be able to understand and receive Jesus, right? So how much more that should an adult know? We think we are also right and guys, we can be also wrong. Make your election sure. 
And the Bible says, you know, you have some people that believe in God. Oh, I believe in God. The Bible says in the book of James 2 and 18, oh, you believe there's a God? Good. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds, right? The Bible says in James, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? So you can believe that there's a God all day long, but that doesn't mean that you have received him and, and the, re the revealed knowledge have come to you about him and that you're in re re relationship and fellowship with him. So you can believe there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, the demons and Satan have to believe because the word of God is what cast him out. In order for you to defeat the enemy, you have to have the word of God to defeat him. So he has to know the word. So they believe there's a God, right? But that's not enough. There is a way that seems right, but in the end, there is death. So uh, Prophet Tommy said this. He said, sin is like going out on a date with Satan. And, when, and then he climbs out the window and leaves you to pay the bill. The wages of sin is death. That's the payment for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked for whatever a man sow, he will also reap. You have to choose one. You can't serve both God and the enemy. The world is slipping into eternity every day, every day, holding up awards. I want to thank God for this award. I want to thank God. And then their lifestyle is, 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 an, is crazy, utter chaos going out, having orgies, doing all kinds of craziness, looking like the world, but saying, I serve Jesus. There is a way that seems right. I'm telling you, he arrested me. <laughs> Y'all look, I'm going to leave some links in the description about um, not every video I, I'm with, you know, with the hell and heaven thing, but there are some people that God have taken the hell and I'm going to leave some video, some links in the description so that you can see their testimonies and how horrific, mm, my God, how horrific the place is, the smell, the demons. It's awful. It's awful. The torment. Mm. It, it's not even in the human comprehension what you can even, what you think it is times that times infinity. And then you have to realize this is an eternal place you, where you never die. You're constantly being tormented. Hell was never built for people, for God's people. God did never build it. He built it for Satan and his demons. But when you don't choose God, you have already been condemned. The hell is already your home. This is very serious because there are so many people that we know and love that did not make it. There's so many people sitting in churches that will not make it because they're sitting listening to, de 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 to doctrines taught by demons. What is that? Doctrines taught without repentance. It's a feel-good service. There's no repentance in the message. There's no showing people where they're falling short and to save their souls from hell, death, and destruction. If this video reached just one person, God said, He'll leave the 99 to come back for the one. So I pray right now that this video be a blessing and it's a, a, you know, a way of God's mercy that he's reaching out to you. He's saying, choose today. Today is the day of salvation. 
You can't choose, serve the world and serve God. The Bible said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And one more scripture, it says in Luke 10 and 38, God said, it's not a formality. It's not about church. It's because I'm, I'm I assure you, there's so many people sitting in church is not going to make it. Because they're thinking that that is what's going to save them. But you have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. It's not by works. And the Bible says it's not, a for, it's not a formality, right? So in Luke 10 and 38, it reads, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had her sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me because she was sitting at the feet of Jesus and the other one was running around because it was a preparation for some things that was going on. So God said to her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So God is saying that serving in church is less important than sitting and serving in his presence, sitting at his feet. A lot of people think I'm doing this, I got this going on, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, and God is saying the more important thing you're not doing, which is sitting at my feet, what does that mean? Getting to know me, getting in a relationship with me. Who am I? Why did I create you? Why were you, why were you uh, born? You were born for a purpose. Some people are just existing and they're not living. But do, do you know you're even accountable for your ignorance? The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 and 6. So my people perish for lack of knowledge. There's a consequence for ignorance. It's perish. This is serious. So today, make your election sure God loves you. There's no condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. God does not condemn us. But if you have not chosen him, you already condemn and stand in judgment. But there's no condemnation. There's no sin that is too great that God will not forgive. He says, come today is the day of salvation. Make your election sure. Make sure you have a home in heaven because he loves you. He created you. He knew you before you existed. Did you know you existed before you got to earth? But that's a whole nother topic right there. God wants to bless his people. He wants to give you the wealth of the Gentiles. He wants to bless you with so many things. But do you know the enemy has a legal right to operate in your life when those doors are open? When spiritual doors are open that, that, are, that sin has led you to? The enemy has a legal right. The Bible says he walks to and fro in heaven accusing the saints day and night. So a lot of things can, can't be broken because you're still sleeping with the enemy and you're still in agreement with unforgiveness. You're still in agreement with sin. You're still in agreement with all the worldly things. The Bible says the people that are friends with the world is an enemy to God. So whether you think you're not an enemy or not, if you're friends with the world, what does that mean? You look, smell, walk, and dress and act like the world. So... Make your election sure. God loves you. He wants the best for you. 
And he simply is saying this, repent, forgive, love, and humble yourself. Just pray and ask Jesus to come into your life and do something with it. It's not about church and the formality, although church is a great place if it's God and spirit led and if Jesus is really in the place and it's not a bunch of religion and not a bunch of tradition. But God says his sheep know his voice and that a stranger's voice they will not follow. So today, make your election sure. He loves you with an everlasting love. I love you. I was in tears when God was, you know, just expressing to me how so many people are passing through eternity and they think they are so right and oh so wrong because of the idols in their heart. They're idolizing money, jobs, careers, alcohol, all kinds of different lifestyles that doesn't line up with the word of God and they think God is going to wink at it. God's silence does not mean his approval. Be blessed, guys. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that every mind-bending spirit that would try to steal, kill, and destroy these words will be brought to nothing. And I just plead the blood of Jesus over every listener. And I break hell's assignment for the life of the people right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that would try to take them and take their soul, oh God, we pray today is the day of salvation. So just say in your heart, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Do something with it. I believe you died for me and you love me. And you died and rose that I may have treat the right to a life and a life more abundantly. That's it. God, take my life and do something with it. And begin to love on him. Expect him to speak to you because God does speak. Expect him to show you things, to show you why you was created. And just expect him to be Lord and not just Savior to save you from hell, but to govern every area of your life. He wants to be a part of everything, even those small things you don't think is important. He wants to bless you. He wants to close, he wants you to seal off those doors that have been opened and plead the blood of Jesus over those doors that you have opened as a result of sin so that the enemy do not have legal access to your life. This is vitally important. I love you guys. Stay blessed. And until the next time, like, comment, share, and subscribe. I will see you guys in the next video. Love you much. Bye, loves.